Hello, beautiful souls. Before we begin, I just want to share a few freebies with you. First, if you subscribe on my website, your name and contact info will be put in a jar that I pray on every morning. The angels also have me pick a few people from that jar every week to text personalized angel messages to. That could be you. All you have to do is subscribe on my website. Also, you could win a free session with me if you write a positive review of this podcast on iTunes. After you post a glowing positive review on iTunes, just email me with your name, contact info, and review, and you'll be entered into a monthly drawing to win a free session. For details on all of this, visit my website, www.jancis.com. That's spelled J-A-N-C-I-U-S.com. You're listening to Angels and Awakening, where we believe daily life can be lived from a constant state of love, joy, peace, bliss, ease, and grace. Why are people always searching for a better way to live? Because there is one. Life doesn't have to be stress-filled and anxiety-ridden. You can make lasting changes that lead to a life you love. My name's Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with angels and bringing through their healing, positive messages to my clients every day. Join us on the Angels and Awakening podcast each week as we explore big spiritual questions, interview experts, and bring through angel messages. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, everybody. It's Julie, and I am so excited for this episode today. We have Lisa Spragna on, and she is not only a friend, she is just the best. You will just absolutely love her. She's a yoga teacher. She's a meditation and mindfulness teacher. She began her journey in 2005 when she received her certification at the White Lotus Foundation in California. She has gone through tons of certification programs since. She is actually working now with um, Tara. Lisa, how do you say your last name? Tara Brock. Tara Brock, which she is just a phenomenal resource. If you've never seen her stuff, you should really look her up too. Um, But Lisa, I am so excited to have you on the show today talking about um, mindfulness and meditation. Thank you, Julie. I'm so excited to be here. Wonderful. Is there anything else that you want us to know about you? No, I think, you know, I'm really just the meditation, the yoga, um, that I'm here holding space for people. I also do women's work. I do women's circles and women's retreats. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest part of all, you just launched a new YouTube channel where you are doing meditations on YouTube, right? Yes. Thanks for remembering. I do meditations. I do some chair yoga on there. So yes, you can find me there and, um, have some guidance if you're looking for it. How fun is that? So if people want to find you, um, we're going to repeat this information at the end, but if people want to be looking you up while we're talking today, where can they find you on your website and on YouTube? So my website is just my first and last name, Lisa Sparagna, S-P-A-R-A-G-N-A.com. And then my website, excuse me, my YouTube channel is the same. You just go to YouTube and search Lisa Sparagna, and uh, you'll see what comes up for meditation and yoga. Perfect. Now, um, for everybody who's listening, it could be any time of the day, but right now as we're recording this, it's only 9.30 a.m. And 
uh, Lisa, when you hopped on the call, you were telling me about your morning. You have had one of those mornings, which we all have from time to time, where one thing after another just hits you and kind of bombards your mornings and it wasn't even 9.30 a.m. yet. So we've all been there. And, um, you know, our first question was kind of going to be about this a little bit. How do you handle this? How do people out there who are just getting into mindfulness and meditation, how do you handle that morning that just doesn't start out the way you want it to? Well, that's a great question, Julie. And for me this morning, it just meant I had to get through A, B, C, and D. And then when I got through with those situations and things that were bombarding me, I stopped. I took some deep, long breaths. I sat down. I took some slow breaths in through my nose, out through my mouth. I let my body settle in and relax. And it really helped me reset. Because then now, even though the morning was crazy, it was upsetting, I'm not carrying that with me. It's like, okay, I did everything I could. I did the best I could. And my day is going to go on from there. And I reset. I, I just did some breathing. I didn't even sit down. I didn't have time to do a longer type of meditation. So I did the breathing and let my body relax. And then notice my tension when I started breathing and notice my tension when I'm done. And I felt much better. So for somebody who's just learning this, it really doesn't take that long, like you just said. What was that, like three or five minutes? Yeah, at the most. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You can do that in 30 seconds if you have time to just focus on your breath. Just yeah. follow it in and follow it out. And um, yeah, give yourself whatever time you have. If it's you know time for three breaths, three breaths can be helpful. Okay. The other thing that I'm wondering as you were talking about that is you mentioned the word reset. And I love that you use that word because if we don't reset our mindset, reset our energy within our body, we're going to continue on in that same energy, right? That same frazzledness of we woke, we woke up on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can just perpetuate. And then we get into where we can't stop thinking about it. Uh, we ruminate about it and we get on that hamster wheel of thought that can carry us down that dark road. And so we want the, the reset is really a great way to say, okay, you know, I don't have to stick with the story. I've gone through it in my mind, probably more than I wanted to. And now I'm ready to let it go and to move on. Not to say you push aside your feelings or how you're doing, but give yourself a little nurturing, a little compassion. Um, I have this quote on my wall. It says, as much as anything, mindfulness involves being attentive towards our inattentiveness. So can we stop and pay attention for a few moments? And I'm not saying that this is meditation, this is it. I'm just saying these are th things that we can do to help us out. Totally, totally. So when it comes to meditation, what I love and where I really connect and resonate with you, Lisa, is that you make meditation attainable, which is something I really try to get out to people. That's my message too, because meditation doesn't have to be um, really long. And for a lot of people just getting into it, I think a shorter period might help them uh, see that it is attainable and really get into the practice of it. So how does somebody start a 
meditation practice? Well, there's a lot of different ways, and especially with technology now, um, you can pull up an app and use an app and find some short meditations that sound interesting to you. I use Insight Timer, I-N-S-I-G-H-T Timer. Um, that's a great app, and it has all, thousands and thousands of meditations on there. I actually have a couple on there. You can sign up for a class if you have the time. It's great to meditate with a group and get some get some understanding on how to do it. Um, and then sometimes, you know, if you have the interest, if you have that attitude of wanting to learn more or to try this out, sometimes that can carry you. And actually, it's great to have a good attitude going into it. And you can just set up a, a spot at home. You can put a, a, a little rug on the floor in the corner of your room, or you could have a chair. You don't have to sit on the floor. You can have a chair that you're, you designate as, okay, that's going to be my meditation chair. And then whenever you have time, sit down and start you know, noticing your breath, start to come into your body, feel, feel the body, feel the tension. Um, even if you have, like we just said, two or three minutes. But it's nice if you really want to start a home practice is to have a place that you've designated for the actual meditation practice. Um, and then you see that, it reminds you, and even if you can't get to it, just know that it's there. The one thing we don't want to do is strive or push or even beat, our, beat ourselves up because, oh, I didn't have time to do that. Just know that when you do have time, you'll go there. And then in the meantime, when you, when you don't have this, okay, I don't have time to take a class, maybe I'll, I'll get to an app or maybe whatever you're going to use, um, just let yourself pause and breathe. You can do it like we just talked about. You can do it at your desk at work. You can take some deep breaths in. You can just even follow the breath. You can notice the tension in your body. I do it when I'm driving. Obviously, I keep my eyes open, but when I'm upset about traffic or I'm going to be late, I just breathe. I, I, I consciously breathe. I think about my breath. I, I feel my hands loosen um, around the steering wheel. I, I notice my body. I, I let it relax. So we come into the body, the physical body, and we come into the breath, and that can start to um, help our nervous system calm down. Two things that I want to touch on there. So one is I hear what you're saying, and, and what that is, is there's no excuse to mm -hmm. not bring some quiet practice or some meditation into your life. There's no excuse, like, I don't have time for it, because you can really start out with that short period of time, right? Yes, you can. And the, the hardest part is just remembering. Yeah. That's the hardest part, because we are so in, you know, uh, busy gear, you know, we're, we're in that that long list of everything we have to do in our lives that it's just the remembering. And I shouldn't say just. <laughs> right. Well, what I found in my practice was when I started, you know, I started with, okay, I'm not going to be hard on myself. I'm not going to beat myself up with this. I am just going to do what I can. And so that might've been a minute at first for a week. And what I found was that the more that I did it, the more that I got into it, the more that I did remember throughout the day, because I wanted to access that vibration, I wanted to access that energy and that feeling instead of the anxiety or the stress that I was feeling throughout my day. So then I would stop at work or I would stop what I was doing and I would just focus for another minute. And the more I kept going and just allowing 
really spirit to bring that to me, that remembering piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because remember, we can ask them, we can ask our angels to help us remember. The more and more I would meditate and the more and more it just increased over time. So it might have started with a minute here and there, and then it was five minutes, and then it was an hour, and then I I learned how to function more in a meditative state, which we've talked about before, so I don't want to get into, into now, but um, yeah, so mm-hmm. much fun. Yes, Julie, that is absolutely perfect. And you hit it on the head. The more, even if it's short periods of time, you're actually training the attentional muscle in the mind and then you start to remember, or like you say, you can ask for guidance and help, but um, all it takes is a willingness to begin. And then every day or every other day, whatever it is, the more you do it, the more you're drawn to it and you'll um, feel the effects of it. But um, you actually are, are training the brain to come back and remember. So it's, it's a good, it's a great practice. And I love that so many people think, well, I don't have 20 minutes and I can't sit on the floor with my legs crossed. And none of that is really necessary. Start where you are. Start in the moment of where you are in your life right now, because tomorrow's not going to slow down anymore, most likely. That's so true. That's so true. So let's say that people start with breath work. Where do most people breathe from? And can you walk us through maybe some breath work exercises that we can try here? Sure. Um, Yes. Well, most people, I think, breathe up in their chest, the upper chest, because um, they haven't learned to access the breath deeper in their body. And that type of breathing, that actually occurs too when our... um, our nervous system is in fight or flight, which we are most of the time. So we're breathing up in our chest. So there's a lot of different breath work. Um, I do always want to caution that um, whether I'm teaching it or somebody else is teaching breath work, you want to make sure that it's comfortable for you because not everybody can access the breath um, the same. So I may say, you know, let's do a, a long inhale and then an even longer exhale. That might make you feel even more anxious, or it may feel wonderful. So really just notice um, where you're at with that. And I can, we can do um, a little guided breathing right now. We can do a slower, uh, slow inhale and a long, slow exhale. And again, if this is uncomfortable for you, another breath you can do, well, there's, a, there's quite a few, but you can just come into following your breath. Sometimes we we don't even notice where our breath is in our body. So we can even just um, pause for a moment and find our breath in the body. We can also just notice the breath moving up the nose and down the nose. That's a very simple breath. And that's a good one if you can't access, access breathing more deeply. So if you want to give it a try, um, what I would suggest, there's a couple things we can do. We can do a counting breath meditation or a counting breath exercise where we count inhaling for three counts through the nose and exhaling for six out the mouth as if you're blowing through a straw. Now, if that's uncomfortable, just focus on your natural breath moving in and out. You don't have to do that if it feels uncomfortable for you. So, um, and the couple other things I can tell you, if the counting doesn't feel right and you just want to breathe, go ahead and do that and allow the inhale to come in, but let the exhale be longer and slower. 
And a couple things to think about is as you breathe in, I always love to breathe in and think about, you know, that I'm filling, I'm receiving this beautiful breath and it's filling my body. It's, it's nourishing my body. And as I exhale through my mouth, I'm really letting go. I'm releasing tension. I'm relaxing. So um, why don't we go ahead and try uh, one of just a couple um, moments of breathing. Does that sound good? That sounds wonderful. Thank you, Lisa. Okay. So, well, for this, um, because we're sitting here together, I'm going to have you close your, eye, close your eyes. But remember, you can do this with your eyes open as well. And just take a moment and notice the tension in your body as you gently close your eyes, wherever that is. And then come into your breath. See if you can feel your breath wherever it's most predominant in your body. It might be a gentle whisper of air moving from the upper lip into the nostrils. It might be the rise and fall of the chest. It could even be the belly expanding and receding. And it doesn't have to be one of those. So don't worry about that. It could also be the whole body breathing. But wherever you're experiencing your own beautiful breath, can you follow it in and follow it out? And then on our, on our next inhale, let's take a long, slow inhale through the nose. And then go ahead, a long, slow exhale out the mouth. You can purse the lips together like you're blowing into a straw. Really let that breath move slow and long. And then again, inhaling. I'm going to count this time. One, two, three. Exhaling slowly. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then come back to the natural breath. And with this natural breath, just notice. Notice what you feel. You might feel some relaxation. Notice the areas of tension. And really notice without any expectations or outcome. Just observe. Maybe that breath made you feel a little tighter in the body, then you know that's not the breath for you. If it helped you to refocus the mind on the breath and let go of the busy mind, then maybe this is a breath you can practice more often. So one more time, just letting the breath move in and out and gently opening your eyes and come back. How was that, Julie? Oh my goodness, I feel so relaxed and so at peace. <sighs> Thank you. Mm. You know, I really, I've never um, focused that much in detail on the breath coming in and out of my nose. I normally focus on my belly, but it was beautiful because as I was focusing on the inhale and really seeing that breath come into my body and seeing it leave my body, I really felt the blessing of that. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yes, yes, because it's, it's our life force that what, you know, it's here. It's what we go through our lives and we don't even pay attention to it because it does this wonderful work of keeping us alive. So can we, you know, just 
just like you said, can we find gratitude, blessing, and appreciation for this beautiful graph as we slow down and take it in and out? Oh, so beautiful. So, Lisa, one of the things that I hear the most from my clients is I can't stop thinking. I can't stop thinking. I I can't meditate because these thoughts, they just keep coming into my head. And it's true. You know, our thoughts are always coming in. And I know that there's scientific studies out there where they showed that we're not putting those thoughts in our head, that those thoughts are just coming in. And we have over 30,000 of them a day. So it really doesn't matter how long you've been meditating, you're still going to have thought. It's just about not attaching, not judging those thoughts. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes, that's really a good point. Um, I often have prospective students that say, I don't think I can do this because I I can't stop thinking or I'm thinking all the time. And I always say to them, First of all, the fact that you have this awareness that you are thinking all the time is the first step. We have to be aware of what's going on. So I always tell them, don't worry about how many thoughts you have. Um, we are all we all are bombarded with thoughts. Our brain does what it's supposed to do. Our mind works really well, and we're blessed to have our minds thinking. But it's when our minds go, keep going and going and going, or take us down that road, or uh, we ruminate. So. When you sit down to meditate, it's okay to have thoughts. And the important thing is not to judge that you have thoughts, not to beat yourself up over it. Like, oh, I can't do this. I'm an idiot. What's wrong with me? You know, we, we all have that self-critic. And so when we sit down to meditate, it's, it's a time to notice. Can we notice what thoughts are coming in? Can we, um, can we learn to recognize thoughts so we can get out of that trance of thinking? And then it's in the, it's in the recognizing like, oh, I'm having that conversation with my boss again. Okay. You take a moment. Again, you reset. Come back to the breath. Come back to whatever your anchor is in your meditation, which we can talk more about. And then or also, you know, it's like I can, I can notice my thoughts. I can be like the observer, like, oh, there's those thoughts again. I'm going to take a breath here, or I'm going to notice how my body feels in this moment. So what we do is um, we kind of re- we hit that reset button, but don't ever think that you have to have a clear, empty mind. And don't ever feel like you have to push those thoughts away. You have to get mad at them or get mad at yourself. You really want to come into the practice and be curious. You want to observe. You can allow the thoughts. And when you're ready, you can let them go and come back to your breath. Um, so these are all different tools you can use so that um, then your thoughts after time become less reality and you become um, less identified through those thoughts. So because sometimes our thoughts really are not true about what we're saying about ourselves. And it's this, um, it's this idea of can we be loving and kind to ourselves and compassionate no matter what's showing up and then learn the tools to come back to clarity and calm and to come back to center. And I think that um, uh, that also helps us get out of the story. You mentioned being in the story. So in other words, okay, um, I might be thinking about something with my 
one of my kids and it's got me upset. So all of a sudden now I'm, I'm in the story. I'm telling them what to do. I better call them soon. Um, that's getting like really into the story around your thoughts. But can I say, okay, I'm, I'm worried about my son. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to come back and refocus. So that's how we sort of let go of the story. And sometimes we can't let go of our stories and that's okay too. I mean, Hey, if we're in a, a, a crisis or if there's a lot going on in our lives, I know for myself, I have to call my best friends and talk to them about my story. I have to get the story out in the world. I talk to my husband. And then when I feel like, okay, I've gotten the story out. Now I want to come in and start to heal and come, come from a different place. And that's when I sit in my meditation and use my tools to do that. Anne Lamont has a great quote. She says, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. I try not to go there alone. So there's a few things going on here. We, we notice our thoughts. We can observe them. We um, don't push them away. We can um, come back and reset over and over again. And we start to identify less with the thoughts that aren't true. And we also, as we come back and start again, each time we offer ourselves some kindness and some compassion versus judgment or what's wrong with me. So um, that's the one of the pieces that I absolutely love about this practice is that self-compassion sneaks in and it really can help, help us calm that, that self-critic, which I think we probably all have. Yeah, we definitely all have that. And, and that compassion piece, it's um, not something that we're taught to do as children to have compassion. And we mm-hmm. are really taught to attach to that story. So this is a, a different concept for a lot of people to grasp. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. And with practice, um, you'll see a difference. And and not to say it always it goes away like, oh, yeah, that's never going to bother me. That's not what meditation is about or mindfulness. It's not about saying, oh, that's not going to bother me because I, I do mindfulness or I'm, you know, I meditate. Yeah, it's going to bother me. But can we have the tools to not push it away or fear it or um, hide it? Can we have the tools to come into it and love whatever's going on with us and heal? And, and we can do that if we can break down the story and and let the story go and just come into the, what are we physically feeling in our body and how can we, you know, attend to that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I really like to break down examples of this, right. For our listeners, because, uh, in the spiritual community, I find that so often we like to talk big and broad, but when we can break it down into smaller bits or examples, people identify and they just resonate with it so much more. So um, there's an author that I really like, and I can't think of her name right now, but she talks about marital issues. Mm-hmm. And she has the funniest story. She tells it all the time, but she says... I, she would always say, I hate when my husband comes home from the grocery store with a whole thing of bananas. Do you need the whole thing of bananas? There's only two of us in the house. We only need two or three bananas for the week. (laughs) So she would apply this entire story to him that he was bad or he like was an idiot or something because he would come home with the entire bunch of bananas and not just the couple um, because she said she would sit there the entire week and watch them grow bad. um, (laughs) And she would just ruminate on it more and more and more. Why do you buy all these bananas? Why do you buy all these bananas? Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, with 30,000 thoughts flowing through our head, so much of this is subconscious too. We're applying these stories, not even thinking about it, just almost on autopilot, right? Absolutely, yes. How do you break the spell of autopilot and and really see it for what it is? Hmm. Let me think about that one. It's which that's exactly what we're doing, you know, in this um, process of mindfulness and meditation. Um, so to get out of autopilot, like you said, how you stop every day, maybe for a minute or two, and you gradually built up, what you were doing is you were pausing and getting out of the autopilot. And it's through when we learn to pause when we learn to stop and notice how our body's feeling, the tension in our body, notice our breath. Those are all great tools to get out of autopilot. And I, I would say the only way to do that is to just practice it. You have to have um, a place to start. And like I said, you can start anywhere, anytime. It doesn't require you to believe in anything or anything particular. It doesn't require you to wear certain clothes. You don't have to have a certain mat to sit on the floor. You can do it anywhere and anytime. And giving your mind that break starts the journey. Um, and and it's so it can be so helpful. You'll have that tool with you all the time. That's so true. And that's what we need because once we have it all the time, it's just there and it becomes a part of us. Yes. Yes. And, um, I'd like to just talk a little bit about uh, what my teacher, Tara Brock, talks about is um, in her book, Radical Acceptance. It's the, um, the two wings of compassion. Mm, I'd love to hear about that. Do you tell us. <laughs> so the first part of this, these two wings um, is really genuine acceptance, seeing clearly what's going on. And that takes that pause, like you said. And then the second part is holding our experience with compassion. It's like two wings of a great bird. Together they can fly and we can fly and be free. If we only look at what's happening, but then don't go into the compassion piece, we can't be free. But when we can pause, and, and she always uses the word trance, come out of the trance. It could be the trance of unworthiness. It could just be the trance of how busy we are, if we can pause and come out of that trance and recognize what's going on inside us, how do we feel, and then what can we do about that? How can we give ourselves some com compassion and loving kindness? Um, you start to develop a quality of awareness, and then you could start to recognize what's happening in our moment-to-moment -moment experiences. For instance, if we're fearful, um, we might notice, oh my gosh, my my body's tight, my heart's racing, I feel sh shaky. And then sometimes we feel that and we just want to get out of that. Like, oh, let me just get out of this feeling. It doesn't feel good. So without pulling away, can we actually pay attention and be open with no judgment? And then, um, and then the other second piece coming in is the compassion. How can we relate to what's going on with uh, a tender and sympathetic um, attention and also Almost like imagine taking care of a young child, you know, if some, they came to you and they were upset about something. It, it's difficult because we're not, like you said earlier, we're not trained 
to find compassion for ourselves. We can do it. We're so good at doing it for everyone else, holding people, taking care of people. But when we turn towards ourselves, that might feel uncomfortable. But it's a practice that can really heal us. And like the two wings of uh, of this, the two wings of uh, compassion is um, once both wings are there, seeing clearly and having compassion. Just like the bird can fly with two wings, we can be free. So it's just a it's a way to look at things without uh, pushing anything away or um, even grasping on to something that we don't want to let go of, but we, you know, it's causing us some suffering and some pain. So stopping and notice, and then how can we care and take care of it? That's such good advice. And I think we're really breaking down two parts here with this compassion piece, right? We're, we're having compassion for ourselves and really patience inside our own minds, inside our thoughts. But it's also on a physical level, maybe what can we do to take better care of ourselves as we're going through what I call a downturn, right? We all have, mm-hmm. we all have um, like these spirals. Like if you took a slinky, and you pulled the slinky straight up in the air, you'd have all these circles straight up, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what spirit shows me that our days, weeks, months, years look like, right? Every single day you have ups and you have downs. Every week you have ups and you have downs. Every month, every year. And how do you, Lisa, in your life, how are you able to Stop your mind from attacking yourself. So on the thought side, and how are you able to really take more care of yourself by feeding yourself what you need or giving yourself what you need physically when you're in those down spir- like those downturns? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's um, it's again it's our awareness. So. Um, Pausing can help. Uh, For me, I definitely need to stop and take a look at what's going on, how I'm feeling. Um, A lot of tools uh, or other tools that I use besides meditation is sometimes I go for a walk. That can help me. That actually can be very nurturing and helpful. I love being out in Mm -hmm. nature. Yeah. And given the Chicago winters, how they are, sometimes it's just looking outside, you know, <laughs> looking for, you know, if it's a sunny day, taking that blue sky, you know, notice the birds that are showing up um, if you can't get outside and, and, and go for a walk. So, you know, we have a toolbox and, and a lot of it's available to us. You know, we have our breath, we have nature, we have... Um, you know, people around us, you know, I, I surround myself with people that are nurturing and loving. I have very close friends and I'm grateful every day for them. Um, and I have, you know, a spouse that's, um, listens and is very wonderful. And, and so, um, you know, for me, again, it's going back to noticing what's going on and then, okay, what tool do I want to use? Maybe I just need to get outside and get some air, or maybe I need to, you know, um, do a meditation. Maybe I need to call a friend. Um, maybe, you know, cause I mean, as far as self-care, I think in this country, we look at self-care and I'm not putting this down in any way, but it can be like getting manicures, getting pedicures, getting facials. And those are all great. They feel good. But when we want to uh, attend to the inner, 
the inner space, um, we have to look at that inner space and ask too, what does it need right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's the hugest question. And that's what I work a lot with my clients on is you really can't get to the root of what you need unless you're going to allow yourself to see your thoughts, feel your feelings and understand why you're feeling the way that you are. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Lisa, but the flip side of this is those of us who are like, nope, I am turning this off. I've swept all my feelings under the rug for the last 20, 30 years. I haven't wanted to feel them before. I don't want to feel them now. Um, You know, pain plus resistance equals suffering. How have you learned to detach from the story while still feeling what you're feeling inside? Mm -hmm. I, um, like I said, for me, the story is always important if I'm in crisis. So I, I actually give myself the time and to go into the story. And that, like I said earlier, that's like, you know, calling on my friends, that's talking to my husband, whatever it is. And then once I'm, um, then once I'm done with that, when I feel like, oh, I'm so sick of going over this in my mind, you know, it's just rumination, rumination. Um, then I have to look at the pain because the more we shove the pain away, the more we put it away, we um, think it's going to not show back up. The more we resist the pain, the more suffering we cause ourselves. So for me, um, and depending on what's going on, I mean, gosh, it might be something you need to talk to a therapist about. I, I don't know. I just, I mean, um, you have to take a, a good look at what you're dealing with. But for me, I find that um, once I'm out of the story, I've, I've looked at it, I've talked about it. Now I'm like, okay, I want to start healing. I want to not resist any longer. I do resist. I'm just like everyone else. I go into resistance. But when I'm ready to let go of the resistance, that's when I sit and I think about the situation. I, uh, again, I just think about the situation as it is and notice how it feels in my body. I don't let the story go too long in my head. And then I break it down to how does that feel in my body? And what is it? You know, okay, maybe it's my, like a lot of times I feel when I'm upset about something, I feel it right in my heart center, in the center of my emotional heart. Sometimes I feel it in my gut, but whatever it is, I sit and, and I look at it. I experience it. I'm like, okay, there it is. There's this really heavy feeling in the center of my chest. And then sometimes what I'll do is I'll notice it. Okay, what is the physical components of this? How does it feel? So then it's like, is it heavy? Is it light? Is it burning? Is it tingling? Is it, you know, I really break it down like, okay, it feels heavy and it feels a little, yeah, tingling. And so then I break it down to how it feels. And then I, there's a couple of different ways I, I look at it depending on how. Um, I'm feeling sometimes I'll say, okay, if I gave this pain as much room as it needed, what would it look like? Where would it go? And so sometimes I'll just imagine this big clump of heaviness in my chest and I'll let it take as much room up as it wants. Does it want to take up my whole body? Sometimes it moves beyond me. It takes up the whole room, but then I can breathe in it too. I can breathe. I can feel that it's moving. It's doesn't have to stay stuck. And I'm not saying this happens, boom, you're done, you're out of the room, you're all good. I mean, this is a practice and it takes time. So that's one way I do it. 
The other way I, I also look at it is I ask this pain, what is it you need from me? What can I do? And, you know, this getting back to what we talked about, you know, imagine, you know, caring for a young child that needs your help, you know, what can I do to help you? Can I hold you? And I know this sounds kind of weird, but this is what I do. I imagine holding my pain, like, or just even saying words like, I'm here. And I'm telling myself that I'm here. I understand. This is uncomfortable. I don't say it's all going to be okay. Don't worry. I don't say those things because I don't know if it's all going to be okay. I mean, that I have to leave up to God. So I don't, I don't try to convince myself that everything's going to come out okay. I just say, what can I do in this moment to help you? Can I hold you? Can I, can I, you know, just some calming words. Sometimes I put my hand on my chest or wherever I'm feeling it, that physical contact. You know, um, I had a student once and I, I did a little exercise with my class and we brought up a difficult situation individually through the meditation I was teaching. And I had them all look at what it was, where it was in their body, what it felt like. And I said, now give it as much space as it wants. Imagine that it can move, um, it can change form, give it as much space as, as it wants and, and keep breathing. You know, if it gets too intense, just come back to the breath. But otherwise, just give it space, keep breathing. And when we finished the meditation, one of the women shared that she has a very difficult time with her daughter and she brought up a situation in her mind again not the worst situation and not she didn't go into the whole story just to the feeling of how it feels to be in the situation with her daughter that was upsetting her and she goes I started giving it space and it kind of grew beyond me she said and it got bigger maybe like arms width away and then all of a sudden she said she felt love so it was just like, wow. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, I who knows what's going to happen. That. Yeah. yeah, I was just so taken by that. I was like, wow. She goes, I don't know where it came from, what happened. But as soon as I gave that space, love came in. So we, we don't know what's going to show up, but we can be there to hold it, to be compassionate, to be kind and, and you know, give it what possibly it needs. Right. Lisa, you are a phenomenal meditation teacher, and I don't know if you would do us the pleasure of just walking us through a meditation. You know, each one of us is going through something in our lives right now, and I don't know if there's a meditation that you can just kind of walk us through to help us tap into that and um, maybe go into it and let it flow through the emotions that we're going through right now are release. Okay, sure. Um, I'm happy to do that. I would Thank just... you. <laughs> and I'm going to use my chimes to just denote when we're really starting and ending. It also can be very calming. Hopefully it'll okay. sound that way. And you know what I do have to say to anyone who is driving, uh, please turn the meditation off right now. Or if you're operating heavy machinery, you really want to be free of all distractions um, because I know for some people it can put them into more of a trance-like straight state and you don't want to be driving uh, under, under this vibration. So um, for anybody who's free of all distractions, here we go. Okay, so I'm going to do the shortened version, but um, I would invite everyone to sit comfortably 
Uh, you could also lay down if you don't think you'll fall asleep. And just really begin to notice the room that you're in, feel the touch of your body into the chair or into the floor, wherever you're sitting right now. And then gently close your eyes. And so we'll begin with just bringing our attention to our breath. Wherever it is in your body, wherever you can feel the movement. Just notice it. You can follow it in and follow it out. And this is just your natural breath. And then start to begin to really notice touch. Where do you feel touch? You might have your hands together. You might feel the clothes on your skin. You might even feel a gentle bit of air over your face. Just notice where you're making contact. And then go ahead and begin to relax. Let the jaw release. So the teeth are no longer touching. Feel all the muscles in the face let go. And just let the shoulders, the very tips of the shoulders melt down away from the ears. Let the arms and the hands and the fingers grow heavy. And then taking your attention across the chest in the center of the chest, the heart center, see if you can release in that area. Just a gentle release, the letting go. Maybe even offer a little bit of an opening in there to open to whatever it is you are to receive in this meditation today. And continuing down, let the belly soften. Let the legs grow heavy. The feet are touching the floor. Let the feet gently connect into the earth. And then just notice the entire body. Take a moment if there's an area that you're still gripping, you're holding on tightly. And you just offer a little more breath and relaxation in that area. And as we move into this meditation, at any point, if it feels uncomfortable, come back to your natural breath and even come back to the sensations of touch in your body. And so to begin, I invite you to think of a difficult situation. It could be a current one. But please don't make it the worst situation. Don't make it something that's really big. It's something you might be struggling with that you'd like to take a deeper look at. Let that situation come in. And without going into the story around it, 
can you notice where do you feel the emotions around that situation? Where is your body connecting to that? Can you notice where that is? Just the thought of that situation, what occurs in the body? It could even just be an emotion. Maybe you've been dealing with fear or sadness. Whatever it is, notice where you feel it in your body. And then take a moment and really observe how that feels, all the sensations that go with it. Does it feel heavy? Does it feel light? Is there a warmth or a coolness? Does it feel soft and smooth or tingling or pin-like? Whatever physical sensations are there, can you notice those, identify those? And sometimes, just at this point, you can even ask yourself, can I just be with those physical sensations? And can I breathe in and out through those? And I soften around those. Or from there, as you look at whatever, feel wherever the sensation is in your body, does it have any shape? Does it feel round or irregular? And as you notice that shape, can you offer some more space around that? So wherever you feel it, imagine that it could grow, could get bigger, however big it wanted to get, this feeling in your body. It may just want to move down and up. It might want to move outside, like just outside the width of your arms. Sometimes this feeling, this emotion, wants to take up the whole room. Can we allow for it to move in however it wants to move, however much space it needs? And continue to breathe as you allow it to move and take up space. And if you find that it might feel stuck and it just wants to stay where it is, you can also just ask, what is it that you need from me right now? Asking this feeling, this emotion. What can I do for you right now? Can I offer words of kindness that I'm here? I'm here for you. Or maybe I understand. I know this is difficult. Or maybe even visualizing you holding 
this emotion as if you would hold a small child that needs to be comforted. And even saying, I'm here for you. You're not alone. And then gently letting go of the image, coming back to the breath in your body, coming back to noticing the touch of the body, coming back to this moment And then gently, slowly open your eyes and come back into the room. And I just like to say, I kind of combined a few things in there. So um, I would probably teach it a little differently if I had more time to give you one technique. And this is not something that you do once and it all goes away. It's really a practice. Like I said, I use it all the time. And um, I find that it can help me reset. It can help me really move into what's going on in my body as opposed to pushing it aside. So I don't, wanna, don't want you to think that, okay, we're done, you're good. <laughs> There's always more work to be done. <clears throat> and, um, but I think it's a beautiful practice. It's a beautiful tool to have, um, these tools of mindfulness and meditation to come in and heal and to um, find that inner peace, if you can, within yourself. Yeah, definitely. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I absolutely adored that meditation. I felt like I got to go very deep. And um, I would love everybody to check out your YouTube channel. Can you tell us again where they can find you online so that they can do more meditation with you? Sure. So my website is lisasparagna.com. <clears throat> I do have guided meditations on there. And also my website will link you to my YouTube page if you go to videos. Or you can just go to um, YouTube and put my name in. I also teach in Downers Grove at Yoga Among Friends on Tuesday evenings. I also teach on Wednesday mornings in Naperville, Illinois at the Estuary Center, and this is all on my website. And I also uh, offer a Monday night cell phone meditation class. So if you uh, want to do something that's easier for you, maybe right from your home, um, there's a call-in uh, call number, and I have like five or six people. We check in, and then we go into a 30-minute meditation, and you didn't even have to lose your or excuse me, you didn't even have to leave your home. So um, I really want to bring these practices out to as many people as I can. So I try to make it very accessible and, um, and plant the seeds. I know you all have these beautiful, caring hearts. And I think um, we all need to pay attention to that and to find love and compassion right here, right within us. And then we can give it out to the world in such a beautiful and free way. 
Well, Lisa, you are doing beautiful work in this world as well. And I just thank you so much that for everything that you're teaching everyone and all of the ways that you put yourself out there to really get to as many people as you can because you're serving us all so well. And I hope you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you, Julie. And I feel the same about you and your work. And I wish you many blessings and peace. Oh, you too, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Disclaimer, this podcast provides general information and discussion about energy healing, spiritual topics, and related subjects. The conversations and other content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical, psychological, and or professional advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or other healthcare professional. Never make any medical or health-related decision based in whole or even in part on anything contained in the Angels and Awakening podcast or in any of our linked materials. You should not rely on any information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical, health-related, or other decisions. You should consult a licensed physician or appropriately credentialed healthcare worker in your community in all matters relating to your health. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Again, angel messages, energy healing, and the information you receive here does not constitute legal, psychological, medical, business, relationship, or financial advice. Do not take any of the advice given in any Angels and Awakening podcasts or sessions in lieu of medical, psychological, legal, financial, or general professional advice. Please note, Angels and Awakening is a podcast produced by Chicago Energy Healing, a company with locations in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois. Thank you.